0: Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the second recap ever of Paru Bay Femme Avex Zwift. Now Zwift coming on as title sponsor for the event. Unfortunately, I am a bit cursed this year in the previews. Riders should be paying me not to pick them. <laughs> Mariana Voss, who was my pick for this race, unfortunately tested positive for COVID and she couldn't participate. Uh, so that's one sprinter type who came second last year that couldn't ride. Big shame. Trek had a very, very strong team despite last year's winner, Lizzie Dignan, not being here. They had Longoborghini, Balsamo, the world champ, Van Dijk and Lucinda Brand, who didn't race last year. So it was them, SD Works, the two heavyweights going, head-to-head head. as a reminder of the parkour for Paribay-Famavec-Swift from Danae to Roubaix, the velodrome. The finale is identical to the men's race. They do 18 cobbled sectors. It starts after Arenberg with the Hornet-Lavondigny sector and then it's all the same, moselle Pavel, Pavel, Carrefour de Labre, etc. All those five-star sectors before finishing in the velodrome. But Benji, we had a Zwift Academy winner, Tanya Eraf, the EF Education Tibco, in a break. Looking good.
0: Yes, for sure. Like, we don't often see an instant breakaway get two minutes in a in women's race that often. And this time around, it was instantly that a break went with five riders, including Tanya Eraf. And another thing to note about her is that I swear she was the one that crash in the women's tour that had two broken vertebrae last season. And to see her come back, be in the breakaway in Roubaix and be the last remaining survivor of that breakaway on today's race is uh, yeah, it's inspirational for people coming back from injuries. So that's pretty cool to see. But stuff was happening in the peloton. The second we reached the first cobble section, we went to Orna Wadigny, which is the first one. Ellen van Dijk straight to the front of the peloton, hammering that front. The initial parts, we saw splits already, the group just splitting in two on the first cobble section. That's what we see in paris and I love it. And she kept doing that in the first few cobble sections. And I was curious, like, is this a strategy to try and make it hard enough to cause splits, but not hard enough so that Balsamo could follow? Did you see any strategy in it?
1: I think Trek, well, we got the strongest team. They have three or four riders who can win solo. They have, I'm not sure if Van Anroy started or not, but they then also have Balsamo for the sprint. I think those riders, those top guns, have done a lot of work for Balsamo this season. They've sacrificed their own opportunities, Trofe Alfredo Binder being a big example for Longoborghini, who won it last year and waited for Balsamo on the final climb this year. I think there was a little bit of, we're going to ride our race. And if Elisa keeps up, Elisa Bozema, that is, that's great. We'll ride for her in the finale, but we're not going to ride a passive race, have her dropped on Carford, Labra, and Capecchi win a sprint. So I, I, that's me reading into it. Um, I could also just be making that up. It was good to see. All the cobble sectors were televised this year. So the races made big steps this year. Uh, whether that's due to title sponsorship, I'm not sure. I'm sure it doesn't hurt at all. Longer coverage, bigger prize pool, it's taking steps in the right direction, similar to the sort of Flanders Classics model that Van Spiegel said It's all a part of a process. But what was next, Benji? We started to hit puncture galore territory.
0: Yes, certainly. And it was noticeable that Trek was keeping that up until... Trek couldn't keep it up because one of their riders had a puncture and it was the rider that had been pacing already for quite a while, Ellen van Dijk. At the same exact moment, the crash happens in the middle of the bunch, including Norsgaard for Movistar. So, two riders that could compete for the victory here are now behind in the race. Norsgaard, not as far as van Dijk was because I swear it took like four or five minutes for van Dijk to get assistance and the reason is obviously she just split the peloton in 20 pieces on the cobble sections and the cars can't pass every single one of these groups so the cars are very far behind but there's like this guy swinging a by a, like a wheel at the end of each cobble section for the team so she needs to ride on until after the cobble section to get that wheel change or wait where she is to wait for the car and that's a dilemma riders need to make in Roubaix the decision on whether to wait for the car or keep driving on a on a bike that is simply not complete they've got a flat tire and she chose to keep on riding towards the end of that cobble section she lost quite a bit of time there and honestly at that point in the race i was like van dyke i think this is the end like this is uh yeah this is early on in the race but it's already starting to open up at the front and did you consider a comeback possible
1: i thought she'd be able to come back but be completely spent um She would have to go through so many groups. There were so many cars in the way. Yeah, it was a bad time to have a mechanical. Cavalli had a mechanical later, which actually didn't cost as much because she had it, rode to the end of a sector, got the change done, away she went. Um, And so, yeah, mechanicals. Maybe, I'm not sure if they were less or more than last year's wet edition. It seemed to be, it was a completely different race to compared to last year's wet edition. Bigger groups, more attacks later in the race. Uh, I think, personally, much more exciting. Uh, but before we get into the meat of this race, I mention our show partner, Zwift, as well as sponsoring LRCP and Bay Fem avec Zwift. Zwift are also the title sponsor of Tour de France Femme for the next four years, Today marks 100 days until the start of Tour de France Femme avec Zwift, and Zwift and us are calling on fans to watch the Femme as the women's peloton takes on the TDF for the first time in decades. You may have seen that campaign rolled out across social media uh, in the last few days. Zwift are also giving people the opportunity to win a VIP bike tour to watch Tour de France Femme avec Zwift on the ground in Paris. Just join the hashtag New rules, mission, and ride 100Ks in-game between now and 15th of May, about a month, for your chance to win. For more information on how Zwift are working to grow a stronger and more inclusive community and how they're helping develop women's pro cycling, tease and seas on the competition, or to dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com through the link down below. But the punctures didn't end there, Benji. More, Balsamo in a bad time.
0: Yeah, Trek was collecting uh, punctures like they were Pokemon cards. And let's be honest, it was only their two leaders at that point. Hosking had already crashed earlier as well, so they were losing riders right left and right. And it really wasn't until Orshi where the action in the group started happening once again. And it was there that eventually Balsamu also got that uh, that puncture. Block was the one for uh, Works doing some action on Orshi, but there was no serious damage there next to the fact that the weight on your era of the leftover rider up the front was caught at that point in the race we get to a which is in my opinion one of the most underrated sectors on by because yes it's a four-star sector but there's always someone from the favorites that attacks and right here it was not chantal black for d works but kopecky that decided to go for a move and it was a move that kept on sticking for a bit bastianelli followed and then brand eventually a bit later bridges from the group behind towards those two riders and the gap goes up to like 18-ish seconds after that but it didn't really go much much harder than that it didn't really expand that much but then we started getting some news about Balsamo right?
1: Yeah it came through over the race radio that she'd been disqualified from the race and we had to go back and look at footage afterwards uh, we'll talk about that I think after the race the of 2.0 uh, scenario, but that meant that Trek no longer had a sprinter to really ride for, so they were more incentivized to have a very to have a very open race and really to ride against Kopecky. so Novos, Vibas dropped, balsamo dropped the Bastionelli was nowhere to be seen after her attack or following Capecchi on the Oshiidas or she so it 's all on Kopecki as the fast rider she 's going to be attacked Norse wasn't looking that good either. Gapeki's group gets caught, and we're waiting for what we've seen for the best part of a decade in cycling, the SD Works counter from Majerus, from Chantal van den Broek-Black, from someone else, and it didn't come from them. It came from Trek after that. Longoborghini with 33 k's to go goes, and I think, I'm not sure who initiated it. it she was with Black and Norsgaard. But then she eventually dropped the other two, the Italian national champion. And yep. the problem for SD Works, Benji, was they had no one really to pace. Chantel yeah, Van der had been dropped, and Capecchi didn't want to ruin her own race.
0: Yeah, I just want to correct her. That was my mistake in the notes. It was Chikini, not Block, that reacted. But in, again, those two riders went up the road, like you said, and then eventually Borghini just kept on attacking those two, and was like, "Okay, she she keeps on going." And perhaps the mistake is that Block is not the one responding, and that Chikini was the one responding for his D works. So that's the intriguing aspect there. Did they react to Longoburgini with the wrong rider, and as a consequence, basically not react soon enough with a rider that can actually compete with her? And the question there is, perhaps they underrated Longo Borghini after, in the last few weeks, working for the likes of a Balsamo all the time, dropping back on climbs and so forth to pace her. And that's why I think they might not react, and might, have, re- and might not have reacted with a rider of, for example, a Kopecki or for example, a block, stuff like that. But you're right, Longo Borghini got a bit of a gap. And I honestly at the start thought, there's so many teams behind, this is likely going to be caught. Like... It's a 10 second gap, 15 second gap, then became a 20 second gap, 25 second gap. And I started getting nervous and it became more and more. And it started feeling like the gap was existing and she kept on riding at a similar tempo as the riders that were chasing her in the group behind. And then it started becoming something that I could believe in. At what point did you think, okay, Longo Borghini could actually make something happen here? Um
1: pretty fast because SD Works weren't reacting, FDJ weren't pulling, DSM had four riders in the group, didn't pull straight away with Mackay running for Fife for Georgi or vice versa. And it was Movistar doing a lot of pacing, but Movistar had been very active early in the race and I think guard was dropping. So then I was like, well, I didn't see Majoris. There's no Marlon Royster at this race. I'm not sure if she's unwell or going for the Ardennes, but... She, the big engine's not here. So I was like, this is a problem. There's also tailwind. And it must be said, although this has happened frequently, Longoborghini got some moto help. Not her fault. Take advantage of it. We almost know by now. It's the advantage if you go clear early And there's no reaction. and You get 20, 25 seconds, then that moto will be a big help. Like on one of the sectors later, they got it to like 11 seconds, 10 seconds, finished the end of the cobbles, and then that moto (laughs) dragged it out a little bit more. But she was obviously incredibly strong as well. Luckily for Trek, no further puncture issues um, after the Balsamo puncture. But Benji, you're Belgian, allegedly. Sometimes I doubt it. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I, I I don't know if you are. Black and Kopecky. We saw it, what was the race before this, where Vanderbrook Black rode, Flanders, Flanders. Kopecky was 100% leader. They rode for her, Vanderbrook Black, let her out, um, domestique roll. Today I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand what the plan was. I thought the plan should clearly be get Kopecky to the velodrome with no balsamo, with no Vibers and you got like 90% chance of winning.
0: Yeah, I agree that that was a strategy that would be the likeliest. Or if you have an outnumbering value compared to the other teams, then you can try and roll attacks. But that was not the case in the group that they were in, because they still had Brandt and Van Dijk, who came back after that uh, puncher she had earlier. So yeah, Trek was there with a lot of riders in their wheel. And when they go into Sisman bourgel they have Kopecky lead out Block. And Block makes a move and splits up the group behind with Kopecky in a group behind and that was a curious fact where it felt like they were riding for block at that point in the race and that brings me back to the interview of Kopecky i think a few days ago where she said she was going to domestique for block at this race that i did not believe at all to be honest but it turned out to be okay on this cobbled section that strategy cuz block was trying to close it and she actually closed it quite a bit towards along the It was down to like 15 seconds 14 seconds something like that but it seemed like two FDJ riders were in our wheel. And also, uh, Georgie was also in that group. And Block was not going to close that alone. So looked at the others in that group to do it. And FDJ took over once, but not necessarily too much more. And do you think that the other teams perhaps made a mistake putting it all on Block there?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think Cavalli should have helped a little bit and been, you know... Sh- the problem is Longoborghini up the road, but also SD Works made the miscalculation in that I don't mind that black capeki move if the gap mm-hmm. is eight seconds and ELB is coming back and looks terrible. But 25, you're not going to close it. Uh, and we'll see that in the men's race tomorrow on Arenberg. Like if the gap is 30, there's no point trying to bridge to the break on a cobbled sector. If it's less, maybe you can. But yeah, I don't mind it if it was shorter, but no, they needed to close it to 10 seconds and then start to w- try and work over Trek because Van Dijk was not looking as good at that point and they were dropping her. She got stronger and stronger as she presumably recovered from that huge bridge to get back to them. So eventually, that goes clear. Bundabook Black sits up. The next sector, they change roles. We're in the Confond on Favell, Carrefour, Labra phase, the last two real hard, cobbled sectors van Black launches Capecchi the ex- exact mirror image of what had happened yeah. previously but the gap is still 25 puts yep. six seven seconds into it and then she stops and waits up for van Black and so this race was a wrap after Carrefour de Labra 30 seconds not happening
0: yep certainly and the intriguing aspect that I found the weirdest was we get over Carfud Larbra. We've got a bit of a gap after Kopczyk hammers that Carfud Larbra, and obviously, like you said, it they wait on block at that point. After that, to have block base Kopczyk afterwards, but it was also that Kopczyk just sat up while Cavalli was doing quite some work just after Carfoot Larbra. Where I'm like, you might as well just work together a bit to keep Cavalli into a, a state of mind to keep on working because otherwise you're not going anywhere. And then they decided to completely wait for. For a block. And yeah, perhaps it was a an idea to wait for a block, but the gap was 30, 40 seconds. You're right. The race was over and we were going to be uh seeing Elisa Longoborgini go through that last uh was it what is it, Willems Hem section where they've got those like yellow black blocks yeah, on the left yeah. side of the road where every single rider tries to evade the cobbles and evade the blocks and evade the cobbles and evade the blocks and tries not to crash. But uh yeah, all in all, that was going to be uh, the end of this race, right?
1: It must be said that Brand and Van Dyke. it must have been demoralizing for Esti Works and Kopecky to see them on her wheel all the time. But 30 seconds goes to 40 when they wait for Vandenbroek Black and Elisa Longoborghini, not slowing down, enters the velodrome solo and wins in the Italian national champs jersey after a compatriot was DSQ'd the second time in a row, Trek, the only winners of Bay Femme. Avec Swift so far. Huge win. Kopecky won the bunch sprint for second, as predicted, ahead of Brand Shabby. And Cavalli and Mackay had not worked with SD Works. Kopecky and Vulnerable Black had rolled turns in the last 10Ks, which is largely just road service. They hadn't contributed, and uh, they ended up fourth, fifth, and sixth. So, yeah, didn't really. Help, Van Dijk, 7th. Van Brook Black dropped a little bit at the end. 8th, then 5 for Georgie and Sandra Alonso for Serratizit. Their best rider with Lisa Branauer uh, out with sickness or injury from memory. So unfortunate for Sarah Um But another great win for Trek, Benji. And I think they had bad luck or maybe their tyres aren't actually the best. Didn't matter. I think 40Ks to go, 35Ks to go. I don't see really how SD Works can win this race, even if they played all their cards right. We talked about tactics a little bit. Let's say they do work well and they bring back ELB. They're just going to get countered by Brand or Van Dijk. And without Majerus there or Roysa, I just, I don't see them beating Trek here.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I dare to say that despite Longo Borghini being up the road and being one of the stronger riders, that I'd argue that Lucien brand was perhaps the strongest rider in this race. Or Van Dijk knowing that she punctured and had to chase back for a very long time with nobody helping her in that chase. Well, I unir- unir- I unironically, I can't talk anymore after Rubede, but uh I unir- don't <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you I unironically, struggling? yeah, I'm struggling. I unironically think that you are right in that, where Trek would either way have won, whether Longo Rogini was caught or not, regardless of any tactics that D works do, except for the fact that they might have had an opportunity if they put the other rider, not Cicchini, onto the wheel of Longo Borghini's attack. And that's a split decision. That's something that happens in the snap of a finger, that decision. And yeah, it's a small thing, but it could have uh, led to that attack not even going. And therefore, Trek having to attack Works instead of SD Works having to chase down Trek.
1: Yeah, and even so, you say that, but then it's like, okay, well, if you draw it up on the bus, don't you say... Capeki on Balsamo or Van Dijk. And then Brand is yeah. marked by uh Chantal van der Rook Black. And so then it has to be Majerus or Chakini marking, at least along with Bodogini, as you go down the depth chart. So yep. Trek was stacked. They didn't even uh again, I should check if they had Van Anroy here or not. She wasn't pivotal in the finale, I don't think so. but they she would have been even more insane if she was in their squad. I do wonder why Royce wasn't here. And I also think Voss not being here hurt Kopecky a lot. It's another ride that would have wanted a sprint, would have been maybe helped. SD works, bring back the ELB move. And we see in Roubaix, if you just if you just keep that gap every time, if you finish the cobble sector, if you're in the move ahead and you it's at 10 seconds, just go full gas on the pay on the road surface. And just trust that the group will not work too well behind. Yeah. And it can you can extend it back out to 25. And then that elastic effect. But, yeah.
0: By the way, I think it also had an effect that on Carrefour de Larbre, or was it Confed en Pavel, where UNO-X was still in that fr- group with Kopecky and Blanc, with two riders, Susanna Andersen and Julie Leff, and ended up crashing each other out on the cobble sections by accident, obviously. Uh, so if that doesn't happen, then you might have another team with a rider or two riders in that move ahead because Sana Andersen would likely also like a sprint at the end of this race. It could have had an effect on the outcome of the race. It eventually didn't, but that's a team that definitely did not get the result they wanted after riding relatively strong until those crashes. Anything else to add for this race except for our discussion about uh, Samo?
1: Yeah, let's get into that. Pat's off to Trek, by the way, and Works, ruining their, their losses, but yeah. Not all smooth sailing for Trek with Elizabeth Balsamo disqualified. It came through. No one was really surprised. When I was watching, she had this puncture. The Peloton was hammering it. It was middle of these cobbled sections. She had the puncture and then she was back three seconds behind the Peloton. I swear like three minutes later, whereas Van Dyck had taken ages to return. Cavalli took ages to return. I was like, how has she made it back so quickly? to the peloton well the answer was we saw two things first of all she took like their sticky bottles and then there's like literally holding the car for over five seconds and we saw her hold the sticky bottle, and they were going past other riders like three times the speed so usually the sticky bottle if you do it that long and the comma says see it you're going to get done and DSQ'd, and then also she was drafting behind the Trek car for a long time, right behind it, and this wasn't when they were in the convoy, so it was behind. So that's the Niels Ekhoff 2019 World Champs DSQ as well, Uh, or what he did and got disqualified for. So, I mean, unlucky she had the puncture, Benji, but the sticky bottle was what, for me, flipped it to like she had to go for that.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think someone on Twitter said it was 12 seconds in total. I didn't calculate it myself, but 12 second sticky bottles are pretty damn long. And yes, every team tries to slip in some sticky bottles when riders are behind, but when you do it for 12 seconds and get caught for it, then it's your own damn fault. But then the question arises is it Balsamo's fault for having that sticky bottle happen? Or do you consider DDS, which I would argue has more of a responsibility, as the real perpetrator of this? Villainous act in the race, a twelve second sticky bottle, because that DS should know the rules better as a X rider. I think it is Steutenberg in the in the Car for Trek. I could be wrong in that, so let's hope I'm right. But on paper I'd say the DS has more of a responsibility. Do you agree?
1: It might be Bronzini. I can't remember. Um, she's no, she's at Live. It says according to PCS. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Who has to withdraw it? Does the director have to withdraw it, or the the rider let go? Probably the rider let go. I think the thing is, Benji. What's the downside if she doesn't do the sticky bottle plus the car? She doesn't make it back, and so you just be like, okay, fifty percent chance we get disqualified here, and which is the same outcome as if we don't do it. She never makes it back. So would she not? Because she was pretty far back
0: three minutes after the dq was announced she was at the back of the group and i was like okay she returned so i'm thinking perhaps it was not necessarily that far behind that the sticky bottle happened and it's not really possible to know how close it was but i dare to say that she probably could have had a chance of coming back
1: well i don't know it like she literally was holding the bottle flying past otherwise like 55 Ks an hour next to the car. And then she was like right behind the car on the cobbles drafting. I don't know. Like that's the trade off that teams make for Ekhoff as well. It's like he probably wouldn't have come back without it. Um, I still am 50, 50 about I've, waxed and waned about this for a couple of years about why can you draft a car on the convoy but you can't draft a car after a mechanical or a puncture or a crash when the car's behind the convoy uh i guess because it can go faster than the group ahead so it brings you back so that's the reason why but yeah, fair enough that she was disqualified um Sometimes wearing the world champs bands is a curse. I think this is definitely one of those occasions because you're always going to have a camera on you, and yep. we see, I see stuff like this happens all the time, and doesn't get punished. Maybe not the sticky, uh, but yeah, I think that's all that needs to be said about that one. Only other news today was. Uh, at Tour of Turkey, Jay Vine, Nicola Ede and Bevin attacked uh Vader, who was leading G C on like a seven K four percent, five percent climb, went solo went no, not solo, there's three of them. They went clear, Androni couldn't close it, nor bike exchange for Groves and Bevin ended up actually winning the stage. Uh despite pulling hard for G C two seconds ahead of Vine. They both move into first and second on G C. If Bevan holds that, he some much needed points for Israel Startup Nation, uh, Israel Prematech rather, and uh, and vines into second on GC with just a sprint stage uh, tomorrow. Otherwise, Tour de Jura cycliste a 1-1 race. Speaking of points, Cofit is second and third. Harada <laughs> and Zingle in this race, they're second and third because uh, your man from WA, Ben O'Connor, won another race. He won in Catalonia on La Molina last month, now wins Uh, maybe his his first one-day race win. Tour de Jura Cyclist. so the Quokka Roar (laughs) is back in April, tuning up for Tour de Romandie, which he'll probably, him against Padun and someone else. And uh, Asia Desert Citroen must be very, very happy with him. Any other news in cycling the last few days, Benji?
0: I don't know, the Quokka just made me bloody deaf. I don't know. But I think there was like this, this event that drove Turkey the other day We've spoken about the Tour of Turkey quite a bit at the end of these podcasts, but we never really mentioned the uh, clear safety issues in this bloody race because, like a few re- a few stages ago, downhill run-ins towards a sprint, we had a uh, video pop-up yesterday of 14k to go in the stage of yesterday, where the riders were literally riding through like a place where they were working on the road, and there were like signs everywhere. They had to evade everything. It's like I don't know. Do you think that a race like that should should still be ridden? Like, should I riders mean, step up more?
1: Well, this is the thing, right? Like Turkey, I don't know if teams get money to start the race. I know that, you know, Veltro San Juan, the Argentine race, whenever I that was cancelled this year. But Quickstep usually do that. And Ghana maybe did it with the Italian team. And some of the finishes there, I literally can barely watch. And I'm like, why do the teams, like... And especially with the lotto, if Ewan crashes, there, there are like points aside, Benji. That's done for them. But Ewan crashes; he can't do the tour, and he's that's that's their whole tour. Like that's why it's such a sketchy tune-up race for
0: him. Yeah, I agree in that, and it's also for Quintana, for example, who ended up crashing on a roundabout. I don't know if that crash was actually related to like danger, but. It's a signal, in my opinion, that when so much danger happens, also a crash. We we haven't talked about the Buhani crash. The man oh, uh, rode into a person that apparently has a disability, which is, yeah, it's unfortunate. And as a consequence, that person was on the road. And the Peloton straight up rode into that person, a person with a yellow jacket, which I suppose to guess yeah, is a Marshall, tried to react late and as a consequence, was also involved in the crash. Rouhani broke part of its vertebrae, if my memory yeah, serves me right. Crash. Oh, it's, it's like all this stuff combined. And my question there is, aren't there motorbikes ahead of the peloton that could literally go to that person that is literally standing in the middle of the road and say... Go to the side or something he like that. He walked out
1: late. He walked it was really bad. But yeah, the marshals should have been quicker. They were just looking at them, didn't react. I feel really, really bad for Buani. He crashed was it was crashed badly by Merlier last year. No one cared because his name's Nasser Buani. And yeah. then this year caught up in a safety incident. Again, no one really seems to care. The guy like seems to be broken his back. So I feel really bad for him. Um, hopefully he comes back. He seems a bit demoralized by it, understandably. But, yeah, it's same with Arkea Benji. I wouldn't have sent Quintana to this. They're good for points unless they're getting money to start. Like, it's about the tour now for exposure. We don't need a hyper-focus on points. But, yeah, that's Tour of Turkey. Um been a bit up and down, but I'm glad to see Bevan. I think he's out of contract too. He's a good rider. Bevan deserves a good two, three-year contract somewhere. I think he can perform well next year. And he probably will. Now he's gonna win the GC here. But that's all from us today. Paru Bay tomorrow. Uh Seth Van Mark will note the poor guy out after our preview. He has uh he's ill, so he can't start. And then that's a big blow for Israel. House is not starting because he has, seems like he broke his collarbone. But other than that, the favorites, knock on wood, are starting Parry Bay tomorrow. And I can't wait to see the big showdown in the dry. It'll be different to last year. We'll be back with the recap of that in 24 hours. Thanks to Zwift as always for supporting us and Parry Bay Femmex Zwift. Ciao.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.